All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports. Am I, am I lagging over here? What's going on? Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for chatting. Really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you can, it would be awesome if you could leave a like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, as you continue to listen to the show, uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts would also be fantastic. All right, let me actually uh, let me take out these these AirPods because they are not doing a darn thing um, on this particular recording, and that's fine. Um, hope everybody's having a great day. Got to see a nice Nuggets win. Got to see a good win for the Nuggets as they defeat the Toronto Raptors. Final score, uh, 113-104. Good stuff from the team there and definitely seems like a really good position that the Nuggets are in. Yeah, I'm definitely, okay, I'm having having some problems here. Okay, yeah, this is interesting. Okay, well, we're just going to... We're just gonna keep going, I guess. This is fine. Gonna be fine. It's 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 I think it's just on my end that we're having these struggles, but as long as I'm uploading okay, that is perfectly fine. Uh let's just go through the game. Let's go through what's going on for Denver. Uh Denver wins final score, as I mentioned, 113-104. Good stuff from the guys, good stuff from the team. And good stuff from Nikola Jokic, especially. He's the guy that we should definitely be highlighting in this situation. Uh, a strong performance from Nikola Jokic. 31 points, 15 rebounds, 6 assists. He was the best player on the floor. And just continues to prove how good he is in these moments. And I, I thought he missed some shots that he probably shouldn't have, that he doesn't usually miss. Uh, and that's always going to be a nagging thing in the back of my head with him because he isn't making as many shots at this stage of the season that he usually does throughout the last couple of years of his career, uh, the MVP portion of his seasons, basically. Uh, but he has been very good, and it's hard to sneeze at 31, 15, and 6. And he played good defense, too. Like There were some definite possessions where Scotty Barnes had some good moments, uh, going at him, and, and Pascal Siakam got a bucket to go at one point. OG Ananobi got a bucket to go at one point, but that's going to happen. Like, and and you start to realize, and after seeing this over and over again, you start to realize how the tenor of this game usually goes. Jokic will give up a point here or there. He'll give up a bucket here or there, but the vast majority of Denver when they're playing well, like the, the buckets that he's usually giving up are lower value buckets. And you see him dominate plus 15 in the stat sheet in his 38 minutes in Denver. All they had to do in the other minutes was just survive. And the bench was able to do that. No problem. Uh, that was good to see. And you just continue to see Denver find ways there. It's nice to see. All right. Is this music still going? Sorry, folks. I'm sorry if this music was still going for you. Um, yeah, I'm having some troubles, obviously, figuring out how this is supposed to go. Um, but we are you know, just trying to power through here. 
Uh, my devices, as I mentioned, they're, they've definitely failed me, and I'm, I'm going to try to get some new stuff for the holiday season to make sure this doesn't happen again. Um, but Jokic is dominant as ever. Uh, it didn't matter what the Toronto Raptors threw at him, and it didn't matter that Jokic only went 13 of 23. Like, because the bar is so high for him, obviously, that it doesn't matter. Like, it's just, that is good enough. That is perfectly reasonable, perfectly fine. Um, liked what I saw from him. He got to the free throw line a couple times, though Denver as a team did not. <laughs> Denver as a team went three of seven from the free throw line. Jokic went two of three, missed one of those, but the rest of the team as a whole went one of four. Uh, that was two free throws for Zeke Naji and two free throws for Reggie Jackson. And pretty wild to see. Uh, how that goes, but look, it was nice to see Denver start off this road trip right, and they took Jokic's example of that, and I think ran with it for sure. Jamal Murray, in his return to the six, uh, did a nice job, and uh, it wasn't it wasn't his most efficient performance. I'm not going to say that right now, but it did feel like he played reasonably well and did most of the things kind of controlling the offense that the Nuggets needed him to do. The Raptors went to a zone, and it slowed down a lot of what Denver did. I'm not sure if Murray was kind of like responsible for that or if Denver just wasn't making the shots. It felt like Denver was still, especially with Jokic on the floor, felt like they were still generating good shots, and that's why like Toronto, they, they came back a little bit in that fourth quarter, but it didn't really matter because Denver had built up such a lead. Uh, but Murray was playing pretty well, just didn't hit as many shots as he probably should have. Took 22 shots, only scored 20 points, 9 of 22, 2 of 7 from 3. Part of not getting to the free throw line is you're automatically, like if you're still taking up shooting possessions, you're going to look a little bit more inefficient. But it wasn't really that bad. And you still added 6 assists, 4 rebounds, 1 steal, 2 blocks. It was a good return for Jamal and he made some nice plays and there was a nice pass that he had at the end of the game just threading the needle to Jokic on the bounce a left-handed bounce pass around traffic uh, for a Jokic floater that was a nice nice touch I think that got Jokic over 30 points and it's impressive what Murray's able to do in the pick and roll game and it had been a couple of uh feel like a couple games since he'd had a high assist total game. So nice to see him break that out as well. Uh, but he started off this game very aggressively. And I'm not surprised just being back home in Toronto. KCP deserves a mention. He was awesome in this game. Very low volume in terms of the actual shots that he took. But had 10 points, 3 assists, 3 steals, and a block. Four of five from the field, two of three from three, including a clutch left corner three. Denver broke the zone by getting the ball to Jokic at the nail. Jokic spins, turns, looks like he's going to shoot, and then dishes it over to KCP in the left corner, who takes his sweet time before drilling that shot. Not sure where Chris Boucher was going on that play, but good stuff from KCP. Uh, and then the defensive game. He is... Denver's linchpin, I feel like, on the defensive end where all of the plays that he makes with his hands, with his feet, with his smarts, uh, just contesting shots and being in the right place and making life difficult for the opposition, uh, he deserves a ton of credit and uh, very much was a, a fan of his game for sure tonight. 
Michael Porter, not as much of a fan of his game. I thought that he had some plays that I, I wasn't really a fan of, uh, especially shooting wise. He never actually took a shot inside the restricted area, uh, had a lot of floaters, had a lot of shots around the perimeter and just was missing some open threes. Uh, two of seven from three tonight, five of 13 overall. Feel like he could have been a little bit more aggressive going downhill, but uh, and then he also on the shot that Jokic had uh, the the buzzer beater, the shot clock buzzer beater to uh, uh, basically ice the game effectively. It was because Porter didn't really know the shot clock situation and tossed Jokic a grenade, and Jokic just had to chuck it up there real quick and made it happen. But that was a great shot. It was a great great play from Joker, but kind of spawned from a, a bad decision from Michael Porter. Uh, thought he was trying to do some good things off the dribble, but could rarely get all the way to the rim. Would like to see him try to finish through contact there rather than pulling up for the floaters and the two-pointers every single time, uh, the mid-range jumpers every single time. That's not my favorite, but it is what it is. Um, thought his defense was okay. Not not anything too special there, but... Uh, still not the the worst thing in the world but by any stretch. Uh, and then Aaron Gordon, a solid performance from him. He is tailor-made to be able to guard some of these Toronto wings where they like to be very physical. They like to try to dominate as much as they can. And like Gordon was just, he was the best option against those guys most of the time where they would fade, they would try to go through him and not be able to. They'd bounce off him a little bit. They would go around him, and between him and KCP, Denver has some good options there, and it was nice to see them take advantage of that defensively with their starting lineup. Oh, and then Aaron Gordon also, 12 points, 6 of 9 from the field, 5 rebounds to assist. Good, strong, individual performance there. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to chat about the bench, including more great stuff from Peyton Watson. But first, everybody, this podcast, as you know, it's brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Win a trip to the biggest football game of the year this year, courtesy of Superbook. They will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game, and they'll give you two tickets to the game plus a three-night hotel stay. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay, between now and January 7th, and you're automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas, courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. We're back. Pickaxe and roll Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's chat about the bench. Let's chat about everything from the bench side of things. Not necessarily the greatest plus-minus performance from the bench, but I thought that they did pretty well. And a lot of that plus-minus was in the second half where it just kind of went on a negative run and uh, Malachi Flynn hit some threes. Gary Trent hit his only three. Uh, Precious Achua hit a three. Like, it just it wasn't necessarily on the bench in a lot of those ways, but they didn't like they weren't perfect during that stretch, but we could still talk about it. 10 man rotation for Denver. They didn't do a ton of staggering. 
one of the things that Denver likes to do is Jokic will play into the late first and third quarter with four different bench guys, the the four perimeter guys, Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, Julian Strother, and Peyton Watson. And I thought that those lineups worked really, really well. Peyton Watson in particular, Reggie Jackson in particular, those guys fit around what Jokic is trying to do in a game like this where mostly it's trying to get downhill, trying to get into the paint, uh, but Reggie does it a different way than Peyton does. And Peyton was streaking down the floor in transition. He was doing everything he could to get out in the open floor, make sure to attack the defense before they could actually get set up in the half court, and that was good. And Reggie Jackson in the pick and roll did some nice stuff with uh, with Nicola. And I don't think he did as many good things with Zeke Naji. I think that there's a reason for that. It's the gravity that Nikola Jokic has versus Zeke Naji, who doesn't really take up a ton of attention. Uh, but it was still good to see. Reggie Jackson, we'll start with him. Seven points, four assists, one turnover. Not his most efficient performance. O of three from three had a couple rattle out. Uh, but three of seven from the field is fine. One of two from the free throw line. Uh, still got to make his free throws. That's that's something that, for whatever reason, this year with Reggie Jackson, he has not been able to make them as consistently. Got to do a better job when he gets there. But uh, it was interesting. Toronto didn't really take advantage of, like, if, if there is a weak link defensively in that bench group, it is him. And Gary Trent Jr., Malachi Flynn, they didn't really take advantage of that. Yeah, Malachi Flynn had a positive plus minus, but it just wasn't because of Reggie in any way, shape, or form. And it is interesting to see how Denver kind of matched up there. Most of the time, opposing teams are going to target him. And Toronto really targeted Jamal Murray in the first half, especially, that first quarter, especially when they were trying to go with Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam and guys like that. And they would try to target Murray in the post. For whatever reason, that didn't really apply to Reggie as much, and I think that that was a weakness in Toronto's game plan for sure. But uh, they still find different ways to be successful. Reggie Jackson found different ways to be successful. Peyton Watson continues to grow. He continues to look like the best version of himself, and he's looking like that more and more and more. 11 points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, 1 block. The 1 assist was to Jokic for a 3. And like he shot five of six from the field, one of one from three. And the one of one, like he continues to hit these threes above the break, which I'm just never really expecting. I'm expecting him to park in the corner a lot of these times to take his time on these threes. And if he's wide open, that's when he's going to take it. This one looked like a professional three. It was nice to see. It was really, really nice to see. He has now hit a three in four straight games. And that is for a 21-year-old whose offensive game has taken a lot of time to develop. And it is really cool to see him find that next step, find that next little bit of rhythm. And that is a great sign for Denver as they continue to try to flesh out, like who's going to play in a playoff series? Who's going to play when the going gets tough? I think they're obviously going to put Reggie Jackson in there. They're obviously going to put Christian Brown in there. I think they're getting kind of close to what they want from Peyton Watson. And he's not going to be perfect. Nobody is, and nobody's expecting him to be. But he's done enough now fitting around what the Nuggets have needed that I could see him playing anywhere from like 5 to 12 minutes per game 
in a playoff series pretty consistently. Probably not much more than that because teams are going to stop guarding him. I think the three-pointer will probably dry up in that situation. But who knows? Maybe that's what teams are then willing to give up on. And if they give up open threes to Peyton Watson in the playoffs and he drills them, then that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a really, really big deal. It could it could flip a game. It could flip a series if he just hits shots. And we'll see whether he can end up doing it. We'll see whether he's ready at that point. But to this point, like he, he is now turning around his three-point percentage. Uh, he's one of one tonight. If I go to Denver's stats on the year, uh, his totals, he was, uh, sorry, I should have pulled this up before. He was 10 of 32. So now he is 11 of 33, which is 33%. Pretty interesting. (laughs) Pretty interesting after he started the year and basically hadn't made a three since October. Didn't make one for the entire month of November. And now is just stroking him in Denver or in December. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting to see that development. Other guys that we should probably talk about, Christian Brown, he was fine. He was he was okay. I'm I'm not like I wasn't the biggest fan of Christian Brown's game today. He hit a three. It was off of a relocation for an offensive rebound. Um those were his only points. Didn't really finish. And he continues to in these situations where a team is basically baiting him to try to finish a contested layup, he continues to go for the contested layup. And that's just not super helpful for a Nuggets team that needs him to be better, that needs him to continue to develop his game. There are some things that he does, and he made some nice passes, uh, had a had a steal. He continues to be a good threat on the on the glass and does some stuff there. But I just haven't seen enough variation in his shooting and I need to see him be willing to take a pull up too, be willing to shoot a floater and try other things other than the the flying layup because that is just like it's going to get him in trouble at times if, if that's all he's going to go to so teams will see that and the Nuggets need him to be a guy that they can always count on for minutes in the playoffs or else they will be changing up their rotation pretty drastically. And it might be Reggie Jackson who gets all those minutes. And instead of Christian Brown on the wing, it might be Julian Strother. It might be Peyton Watson. And that would create some controversy. That would create some uh, questions, I will say. So hopefully we don't have to get to that. Um, Julian Strother, fine. Nothing crazy there. He needs to be a zone buster for Denver. Had multiple opportunities to bust the zone. Hit a clutch three in the fourth, but then followed up with an air ball in the fourth. Not really sure what to tell, but did play some good defense. Had a couple steals. uh, Continues to fight, continues to battle on that end. That's all you can really ask for. And then Zeke Naji, defensively, he was really good. One steal, two blocks in his 10 minutes. Grabbed a rebound uh, and just continues to switch in those moments and continues to switch onto the perimeter. And did a nice job against Schroeder, did a nice job against uh, Malachi Flynn and Gary Trent. So good stuff there. Now he does get bothered a little bit by the size of other guys. And he shot 0 of 3 from the field and was 0 of 2 from the line. So he's a zero offensively, basically. And yeah, it's just, I don't know how to parse that because 
you can't have zeros on the offensive end. Peyton Watson at one point was bordering on that, but he has developed his offensive game enough to where he's now hitting some threes. He's slashing comfortably. He's finishing well. Zeke Nashi just had a really nice game. He got another game against Toronto here. We will see whether he continues to play. I have to imagine that against Brooklyn, Denver will probably try to replicate what they did against the Nets, which means DeAndre Jordan will probably play in that game. But it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Jordan plays in one of those games uh, on Friday and then maybe Zeke plays on Saturday or vice versa. So that is going to continue to be a platoon, I have to say. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, we are going to chat about... Um, let's let's chat about the top five contenders in the NBA. We'll be right back. But first, uh, let's go to this video, which I hope plays. So, <laughs> you guys in the comments, let me know if you if you see this video that pops up. This is from Scott DeHuff. My mic. So here's here's what's um, here's what I'm seeing on the Streamyard side of things. Just so you guys know, usually when I play a video or usually when I play audio, I see it pop up on the screen. It is not doing that right now. Now I can see that I clicked it, uh, so it's a little bit confusing. But I'm just uh, uh, trying to figure it out. So I, something is going on. I have no idea. This is why I need a producer. Um, all right, final segment here. Let's chat about the top contenders in the NBA. Uh, by the way, who was that that commented? Funky Puma, thank you for uh, letting me know that you saw the video. I appreciate it. Hopefully you're not lying, and hopefully I didn't just stare at the screen thinking that I that it was playing. So all good. Um, and thank you, Abel. I appreciate that. Um, all right. Top five contenders right now. This is my list. Boston at one, Philly at two, Denver at three, Minnesota at four, Milwaukee at five. Here's why. I think that what Boston has done, it's so weird how they have played so far this year. It is so, so bizarre. And I'm trying to figure out whether to really value the the point differential that they're putting up, value the uh, games that they're playing, and I, I did a I did a little bit of a post on uh, Twitter or X today about some uh, stats from cleaning the glass that I'm going to share. Let me let me go back through my profile here and see if I can find it. Um, basically, the top ten teams so far versus teams with a top 10 plus minus on cleaning the glass. This is the the teams that are matching up the best versus the elite teams. Minnesota's at the top with a plus 12.4 point differential, which is crazy. Boston is number two. Boston's really good. Uh, Milwaukee's actually been pretty good there. And Denver's in the top 10, although they're borderline top 10. And Philly is outside the top 10, but they just played against Minnesota tonight and killed Minnesota, basically. And beat at 51 points. Maxi at 35. 
that is a team in Philly that I think is is very impressive. But I also think that Boston is impressive. I think that those two are the best in the league right now. I think Minnesota's right up there. They still have some questions and they've played a pretty soft schedule so far. They haven't had to do much traveling. They haven't had to play many back-to-backs. So that's part of what's happened here. But they have played a little bit of a soft schedule and they they go against a really good team on the road in their building. And it looks a little bit different. So I dropped Minnesota down. But like I said, Boston, Philly, Denver, Minnesota, Milwaukee. Now, why Philly over Denver? Philly's got a lot of statistical indicators over Denver. And this is really where they are right now. This is how I would grade them right now. I think it is still more likely that Denver gets out of the West than Philly does because they have holes in their game. They have holes in their team. And there's still stuff to really be worried about. But if every single team was in one pool, if let's say it was mixed conferences and you could play East or West on your way to a championship, I think that Philly matches up really well with a lot of teams because Tyrese Maxey has leveled up in such a way that he's become better than what James Harden was last year. And Joel Embiid is a better player than what he was last year because playing under Nick Nurse, playing with a better supporting cast, and just, I think he's he's learned some things. He's a better player. Uh, I think that he has improved, at least enough where, it, guys, it, I'm just, I'm going to get out ahead of this right now. It would not surprise me if Joel Embiid went back to back. Like, it just wouldn't. There's going to be a lot of people that will push back against it because of how he continues to perform in the playoffs. But it is a regular season award, and I think he's put together the best regular season so far. Uh, him or Shea. I think Jokic is third. Um, now, the Nuggets are still three in the rankings for me in terms of contenders as as where they see right now. Because of games like what we saw tonight, where and games like what we saw against uh, Dallas, frankly, where Denver has enough depth. They have enough capability outside of Jokic throughout a playoff run throughout a a playoff series and within certain games where they can get pockets of good play from their bench. And they don't need that much because they've got the best starting lineup in the league. At least they did last year. The reason why it's okay to kind of lower Denver now is because the, the starting group hasn't been as dialed in this year as it has in years past. There are, and like, especially last year, some of that is injuries. Some of that is just a little bit of early season numbers. Some of that is malaise, but some of the numbers that feel that Philly's putting up right now, that Boston's putting up right now, that Minnesota's putting up right now are insane. They're, they're way better than Denver's just frankly. So now am I that concerned about that? No, because Denver levels up in the playoffs and we know that they will. And that's why they're still three to me above Minnesota despite the fact that Minnesota is a legit contender and they just beat Denver at the beginning of the season this year. I'm going to be circling those matchups between those two teams because I think that that is a that is a Western Conference Finals preview, I think. I think Denver's probably not going to pass Minnesota in the West, 
But I do think that there's a strong possibility that those two are in the top three. One of those teams is the one seed. One of the other teams is a two, three seed. And then they meet at the end of the road. And that'd be wild. That'd be cool. I think it's better for the league in a lot of ways to see these teams and to see Denver continue to push. Like this is what a dynasty should look like if you're the Nuggets. Um, and I think that there's still time for Denver, obviously. Like I, I, these are good points from a funky panda or funky Puma, excuse me. And Scott Elay at times it looks like that you're going through the motions and yet we're still in third place. Very valid point. And from Scott, Denver didn't get in their rhythm until late last season. I firmly agree. Now there, there is plenty of time for Denver to continue getting into their rhythm. And I think that this stretch that they're in right now, as I mentioned in the last podcast yesterday, I think that this is their time where they get into that rhythm. We'll see if they actually do, but um, I don't want to put the cart before the horse on that one. I think they still need to prove it and they still need to prove it to themselves. And that's fine. There's no problem with that. And I think that they will do that. So that's the difference between like if I say something and if I say, hey, Denver needs to do something and they need to be patient, I still think it's going to happen. But I am excited to see kind of what that process looks like. Um, <laughs> not Ben and it says, uh, I will sell Peyton Watson shares at 10,000% gain. Uh, love that. <laughs> love that. He's a. Uh, He's proven a lot of people right, isn't he? It's been a lot of fun to watch Peyton. He's been he's been very, very fun, very, very good. And just a nice storyline for Denver. So who have I mentioned so far? Uh, top five contenders. I had Boston, Philly, Denver, Minnesota four. I've basically talked about them. Like They have proven that they are a top five team in the league right now. They have the best regular season record in the West. And I think that that's going to continue at least for a little bit here. Uh, Whether they prove it ultimately in the playoffs, that remains to be seen, but I'm willing to give them, especially a team that is all defense and some good offense from from a star breakout candidate in Anthony Edwards, perfectly reasonable. And then number five, I think I had Milwaukee. Milwaukee, despite the fact that some of their numbers are a little bit eye-opening, a little bit weird, Milwaukee, I think, still deserves that credit because in the end, what are they really? What is it going to be? They're going to do Damian Lillard, Giannis Antetokounmpo pick and rolls. That's what's going to happen. Like, Giannis is going to get downhill. Dame is going to be pulling up from crazy numbers. He's going to be driving to the rim and drawing fouls. And Giannis is going to go to the rim and draw fouls himself. Like, they are going to lead the league in fouls drawn. They're going to lead the league in free throws. And that generally doesn't fully transition to the playoffs. Like it's definitely not something that you can rely upon fully, but I still think that their process on both the offense and defensive end, it still looks good enough that I'm willing to give them like the fifth spot. There are other teams that could like take that. OKC is on the borderline there. Like we, we just saw what OKC looks like. They're probably not a full on contender, but Still obviously a really good team. Um, There are other teams that I think you could talk to that you could talk about in that category. Like you're probably not going to Orlando or anything like that. But among other teams that are kind of in the top tier of point differential, the Clippers continue to win. 
they are now fifth in offense and seventh in defense. Fifth in net rating. That's something to monitor. That's something interesting to talk about. New York is a good team. They're not going to be a great team. And they just actually lost Mitchell Robinson. That's tough. Houston is 13 and 12, but they have the ninth best point differential right now. Uh, they win games. They just aren't ready for that. Like despite the fact that they've really improved on the defensive end. And then as I mentioned in the podcast yesterday, I think Phoenix and the Lakers are like, you got to graduate them into the playoff conversation, but I just don't think that they're real championship contenders right now until they actually do something like maybe Miami. Miami is probably a better case. Uh, despite the fact that Miami 20th in point differential, <laughs> they just chug right along 16 and 12 doesn't matter. They, they just find ways to win and they are just trying to get through the regular season. And then Jimmy Butler will turn into a super Saiyan in the playoffs. And that's just how it's going to be. And that's fine. Uh, but if I were to put the top five, like I said, it is Boston, Philly, Denver, Minnesota, Milwaukee. What an interesting group. That's an interesting Interesting quintet, and Denver's still in a great position if that's the case, but I think that's a is a fun place to be for a lot of contenders. Going to be fascinating. All right, folks. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Thank you for tuning in. Good win for Denver. They were one point away. Keep remembering this. One point away from a six-game win streak where you had a three-game win streak before the SGA buzzer beater, and now two wins in a row after. So keep that in, in your perspective. Keep that in your thoughts as Denver continues to go here. Uh, they will play, like I said, at Brooklyn on Friday and then at Charlotte on a back-to-back on Saturday before coming home for the Christmas game against Golden State. Should be good, but Denver's got a great chance here. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always. We'll talk to you guys very soon.